Welcome to the guilt trip. This is Tamara. And Kai. Linky, here for your podcasting entertainment. On this freezing, freezing night, it is so freaking cold in Adelaide at the moment. It's very cold. That's why I've got my jumper on. You've been feeling that concrete through your feet at work, haven't you? Oh, I've been feeling the chills at work. Absolutely. Can't wait for it to warm up. Come on, Summer. Bring on Summer. It actually just poked its head out today. (laughs) What did? (laughs) Oh, the sun? The sun poked its head out. (laughs) Not not turtle head popping out. Oh, No, not today. Yesterday. Maybe. (laughs) Different Different story. story. Uh, This episode, I interviewed Amelia Veal. Oh, that's a very tasty last name. A tasty last name if you're not a vegetarian. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a fascinating lady, uh, got her own podcast too, so she's a fellow podcaster. She does a lot of podcasts. Well, she does a lot of things. Yeah, she does. She churns them out once a week. Okay, what did you talk about? Well, actually, we talked about uh, how she's a, a FIFO wife, a fly-in, fly-out wife. A FIFO wife. So, a wife of a, a, a husband that flies, flies in out. and flies out. Yeah, for mining. Yeah. Yeah. How does she go with that? Well, that, yeah, that's what we talk about, the struggles with that. Oh, uh, which is pretty I hard did. if you had to- you know, be at home for two weeks and then someone, you know, comes home and then throws your whole routine out of whack. Oh, you know, I used to be um, in the mines. I, I, was, I was in the mines for quite some time and a lot of guys did the fly in, fly out. And Hang on, you were there for what reason? You were doing your, not internship, what do you call it? Uh, it's called um, just work experience. <laughs> work work experience, experience in the mines. Work experience. Could you just hang on, you just finished your... I was halfway through my uni. And they basically mining engineer, mining engineering, yes, and then they make you do a um, three months placement. Right, mine was like four or five months because they paid really well, and I've gone. I'm like twenty one years old and making sixty five, seventy thousand dollars a year or something like that. So it was pretty cool, like that. Actually, that's pretty nice. It was very good at the time. But you did have to go underground and stuff. Oh, absolutely, and work with a bunch of blokes. Yeah, not many ladies. Were there ladies? Not back then, but I think that's all changed now. Like there's a lot of – Actually, um, we dropped the kids off at childcare today and there was one of the ladies who used to work in one of the mines driving trucks. Really? Yep, and she's much happier at childcare looking after the kids as opposed to driving trucks. So you – hang on. you. So you worked in the mines. Oh, that's right. You had that story about how you almost drove a digger in the dark – down a big hole over a cliff inside the mine. Is that right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a plaque at uni and the plaque at uni was for a guy who died who basically drove over the cliff oh. in the mine site underground. So, there's big, long cliffs, big, you know, like they uh, – Like it's a really hole. Hard, really hard to explain, but basically you drive down a tunnel and the tunnel goes to a big hole. And that's what they're mining out—the big hole. Yeah. And that's meant to be—that's um, meant to be a no-go zone. And I always question. I've gone. Why is there a plaque at uni with you know a memory of a guy who had basically passed away and dro- drove over the edge of a cliff in a mine site? I've gone. That can't be happening. That can't happen. And sure enough, I almost did that. It's the very same thing. Basically, they didn't parricade it off. At the time when they were working on it and the workers had left this little um, tunnel but they didn't barricade it off and I just reversed up this tunnel, didn't even realise where I was and almost, yeah, you reversed because you can't see much. I almost reversed over the edge and I looked down. I was only about a metre and a half away from it. I looked down I've gone, whoa, I almost did what the guy 
on the plaque did and almost Oh, you could have been a plaque. Could have been a plaque. That wouldn't have been. Not a podcaster. No, 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 definitely not. So scary. Yeah, it was very scary. But lots of lots of interesting things happened underground. Lots of very interesting things. Like what? What do you mean? Well, what what do I mean? Um, So underground, the underground world is a world of its own, basically with its own rules. Got its own rules. There's a lot of banter. Underground world. No, there's a lot of. Oh, yeah, you could do that. You could coming to a cinema near you. <laughs> coming. <laughs> I like that. That's what it sounds like. So underground. What, do you want to hear a few stories of underground? So Mike, maybe uh, just one. We don't have. So all Amelia's that. Amelia's husband probably ex- experiences a few underground stories. Well, I think he doesn't have to do the underground stuff. Oh, he's well, just above. He's a, yeah, okay. He's above that. Oh, <laughs> big guns. Yeah. So a uh, lot of banter underground, but um, basically you can leave your truck for about five or ten minutes and then someone comes along and um, puts grease, for example, on the steering wheel or on the door handle of your truck. Oh, or nice your, and safe stuff then. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. And there was a story of um, – there was a real dirty guy that used to work there. His name was Beppy. <laughs> and I and I met and I met Beppy for the first time. Oh my god! And I, I love Beppy already. Oh, I don't love Beppy, but basically, when I met Beppy, he he had basically shown his bare bum at me, and I was dry again. I was reversing away, <laughs> and he was doing a his poo. Bib. He was doing a poo as I was reversing away from him, and it's the first time I'd ever met him. Oh, sick. Oh, dirty dog. Dirty so, dog. Yeah, he's a dirty dog. And then, like, you know, you oh. hear stories of- Was he laughing as he was doing it? I just imagine him with not many teeth squatting down and laughing as you're reversing and the poo coming out. Oh. Is that what happened? You know, all I heard as I was driving away was Peppy going on the radio because I communicate with radio underground. He goes, oh, cool, you got to come back. There's worms in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so gross. That is so foul. And Beppy was the candidate of- <laughs> Hang on. Was it Beppy or Peppy? Oh, I can't remember. It was Beppy. There was Beppy, Harry, and Dirty Harry, and um, Jono or something like that. But anyway, anyway, Beppy was a candidate for putting grease at um, or under one of the, the door handles of one of the trucks for one of the drivers. And he was also the candidate- for taking all the rags out, so then when you get like a greasy a greasy steering wheel or a greasy door handle, you look for a rag to clean it. Right. But Beppy did a big brown poo in one rag that he left behind. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Beppy <laughs> shat in a rag, took everything else out. And this bloke oh, called Harry dude. went, oh, I've got grease everywhere and went to grab the only rag that oh. was in the in the truck to clean the grease and only to get shit all over his hands from Beppy. <laughs> A Beppy shit. <laughs> A Beppy shit. So that's the sort of banter that goes on underground. Ban- oh, banter? I think it's beyond oh, no. banter, Kai. I'd say that there's just dirty, dirty deeds done dirty. Oh, I was and I was only like 20 and these were like grown, well, what I would classify as grown men, like 40, 50 years old doing this sort oh, of. Juvenile. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. that's I hadn't heard that story before. 
Like I said, there's so many stories. That's so wrong. So many have. stories. Oh my goodness. Well, we should ask Amelia actually if she's. Oh, they. I wonder what stories um, her husband has. Mike could have some rippers, surely, about something. I have to. Maybe you have to get Mike on the. Oh, let's yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to do that, but yeah. Yep. I'm sure Amelia's heard a few interesting things, but before we we go but, to but, her. But, but hang on, before you oh. go, um, that's a poo story. Yeah. They're two poo stories. I love Maybe poo. Just, I love poo stories. Just next have- next podcast. Oh. I think what we're going to do is we're going to actually ask the audience if they've got any good poo stories. And to write in a poo story. Write in a poo story. Because I've got a few good poo stories. Your sister's got a few poo stories. She's, You've she's got a few got good poo stories. She's got the best poo stories. But we've she would got, hate that I would tell everyone that she's that's got poo okay. stories. No, it'd be fine. She's up, she's over that now. Well, is she? Is she? Let's ask her. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> she can story. listen and write in. Your best poo my story. Mates, my mates have got good poo stories. So, we've got a lot of good poo stories. I love so that's a good poo story. Underground. And the underground world. In the underground world coming. At, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Good one, honey. So, okay, I wrote a jingle for Ooh. Amelia as well for her business narrative marketing. Yes. Actually, it's for her podcast, I should say, Be The Drop. So, we'll see. I like If she it. likes it, she may or may not use it. <laughs> That's okay. It's all about having a go, isn't it? Oh, Being thanks, having, honey. Thanks. Having a crack. Well, what I've really noticed in the first uh, jingle, I was uh, the yep. main star. Yeah. In the second jingle, I had a little bit to do. Mm-hmm. And this third Jingle, I haven't even been asked to do. Well, it's not. Anything. Well, well, have you? No, no, I haven't been asked. Well, so it just okay. makes me wonder. Oh, it makes me question myself. Okay, next one, you're mm. definitely going to be part of it. Okay, can I be the star of the jingle? We'll we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Okay, okay, but you can be in it. I'll give you a big feature role. Okay, but uh, ha- have a little listen. See what you think. Amazing. Your voice is great. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little bit 80s rock maybe. I don't know. But, I, I, you know, I wanted to be a bit like superhero-like. The 80s are coming back though. Are they? Yeah. Mm. The 80s. Everyone loves the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, I, I had fun doing it and that's the main thing that I had a fun old time. Oh, good. I sort of don't know about that fun part because I was nasty. Okay. So, you'll be the next one. All right. All right. Thanks. No worries. I'll... Um, I might ask you to do help me out with something later on, something that I'll do that's fun. Okay. I'll help you out. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to let's listen to Amelia. Okay. Tell us some good stuff. Love Amelia. Okay, here she is. Would you like some veal? I would like some veal. Amelia Veal. Here we come. Amelia Veal. We find the defendant. We find the defendant. Already trip. on your social media. I'm doing it. <laughs> Before we've even begun. I know, it's on. I've tagged you as well. Oh, Jesus. 
actually better sense. She's, she is all over this. But you told me it was the guilt trip, but then it's, it's actually your handle's actually at Tamara underscore Linky. Yeah, how do I fix that? Okay, see, this is where Amelia, you, you <laughs> your <know>. handle's wrong. <laughs> is it? How do I change that? Okay, no. talk to me about that later. I'll show you afterwards. Welcome to the guilt trip, Amelia. <laughs> Go into your settings. It's not hard. <laughs> I know, okay, this sorry, is my sorry. problem. No, I have the biggest problem in the world with this sort of thing. See, how does it feel to be on the other side of the, uh, of like, the microphone? I'm, I feel like a little schoolgirl. I'm excited. Yeah, because you, you have your own podcast. Yes, thank you. Be the drop. Be the drop. That's it. And we're drinking wine, but it's not associated with wine. It's because of my favourite <laughs> saying. It's not. Be people go like, oh, so are you a wine connoisseur? Oh, I like drinking it. But no, it's about a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from there. Now that's beautiful. Thanks. I love it. And you, did you set yourself a challenge? How many years ago was that? Was it a year or two ago or a couple of years? I am literally about to tick over to four years into my fourth year. <gasps> it's a four. Yeah, so I've nearly finished three years. So I think this week is 149 episodes or 148, somewhere about that. Oh, my God. So 156, I'll tip over into year four. And that's one a week, right? Every week. That's hard work, right? Because I obviously do it every three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's all I can manage. Yeah. But this lady is chucking them out. She's burning them out. There's a better word than that because <laughs> I'm drinking wine, see? Every I'm week. I'm the airwaves every week. Do you find live in your ears. Do you find it hard doing that or has it become second nature now? No, you know, no, just- no, no. Yeah. We, I mean, we have a saying so through my business, narrative marketing, and I must admit I don't edit them and I'm still just recording them and that's hard enough. But we have this saying about let's not be chasing money. Mondays, because every fucking Monday. Oh, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, you can. Everyone says that. You can. This one, you can. Every Monday comes around, whether I like it or not. So we've got to have content ready, and that's what we do. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. And you do, and you go into depth with it. Can you give us a kind of a background on it? Sorry, there's a bit of sipping going on. Look, I tell people Sorry. to come in here and not have wine and things because it creates all sort of like a little mouth action. But who rocked up at the door with the bottle of wine as did I we I greeted Amelia at the door and I got we've both got a bottle of red you see it we're setting the scene yeah yeah so sorry yes yes what were you saying the background oh so you like you want my story give the story Uh, actually no you know before we go into that let's go way back when Amelia Veal like your parents were farmers correct yeah well they work in the farm industry yes but with with pigs predominantly with pigs they produced feed supplements Food for pigs. Pigs. And then you've met a guy and your last name's Veal. Like, did you go, this is serendipitous? Uh, when you met your husband, <laughs> Amelia Veal. Oh, my God, I have to marry someone yeah, called and then, and then we went to Broken Hill and um, people called him Schnitty and then they called me Mrs. Schnitty. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously I was destined for that. And then then we called our first son Angus, it's so brilliant. he's the beef schnitzel, and our second son, son Rupert, so he's the roux schnitzel. So, oh, obviously, I right. oh. really embraced all of that. I never thought of that. Mm. Yes, because, of course, Angus Veal, that's amazing. Like, I if know. he's not a butcher when he's older. <laughs> God help him. Like, seriously. I oh, know. I call him Schnitzel now and Beef Beef because I'm just like breaking him in because like he's going to hear about it. Oh. Do people, have people worked that out at school yet? Because he's mm, at school. Yeah, but he's in year four. And they're not uh, quite. No, they're not quite there yet. No. And also, I don't know, I think kids are nicer these days. There's a lot of anti-bullying conversation around, so they're a bit more in tune yeah. with feelings and being nice, which oh, is wow. good. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully that continues, but I mean, we haven't got to high school yet, so I yeah. don't know. But also it's quite a nice thing. It's not like it's the worst thing, you, you know. It's quite cute and yeah. like, endearing. So you've come from a farming, farming, it's not really farming. Well, I used to catch the bus. I mean, I grew up in Macclesfield and, and went to school from Mackie. But, so I spent an hour and a half each way 
on the bus going down to school in town. So it was three hours of, of bus yeah. every day. So I catch the bus at 7 a.m. and home at 5 p.m. That was my school day. Oh, man. Uh, and if we had netball after school, it was finished at 7 p.m. So it was a 12-hour day for school. <laughs> and then you'd get home you'd be like, it's midnight. Good night, Mum. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So I probably should have been a boarder, but it's all good. But you kind of had the best of both worlds in some ways because then you were, you know, out on the out on the farm. It's not even a farm. And the <laughs> land. And then and then you got to go to school in the cities, which is great. Yeah. But where do you think your love of marketing and storytelling and that kind of thing, where did it come from? Was it always sort of there in your life? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, I, I, I love talking. We know that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it stems from that. And uh, my nan's a bit like me in this way and – so we really gelled and she encouraged the love of talking. But so, you know, so did also. So it comes through on my mum's side, but so did my dad. And his mother was an elocution teacher. Oh, no way. Yes. And so when I was, oh. yeah, I, I studied effective communication right through high school, run through Trinity College of London and they do an exam each year. And so you go through like piano grades basically. Wow. Yeah. So when I studied that and then went on and did my licentious teaching certificate and actually taught effective communication, it was great through uni. I did really not good way know to earn, earn coin. Yes. <laughs> You find out new things all the time. So I remember at school going to an all-girls school um, at Wilderness and they had an elocution teacher. I don't know they'd do that anymore, but I secretly loved it. Like I was like eight or nine and it was all about, you know, communication, speaking well, and I was like, oh, I love this. Ten tall trees and a packet of potato crisps. Around the ragged rocks, the ragged you, rascal ran. And there was a book, right? Yeah. You'd get a book. Wow. But my dad used to test me on those when I was in primary school. Yeah. So anyway, mm. so you you did, I didn't know you did that. So you did that mm. at uni while you were studying yeah, marketing? Yeah. So I, so I went in, I wanted to do marketing. This was back in the day, showing my age. So I finished high school in 1997. When the internet was invented. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, Facebook was not invented. No. So, or not really. That was, it was sort of things were happening, but um, it wasn't widespread and mm. not in Australia. So no, no Facebook, no social media, uh, but I, you know, I really wanted to get involved in, in marketing and I'd worked in my dad, well, my mum and dad's business growing up and dad ran the sales marketing team. And so I was involved in that from primary school, basically. Wow. So. Um, what did you have to do then? Oh, like folding newsletters and stuffing them into envelopes. Like <laughs> that was, I was a kid. I'm doing marketing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's dad, how it starts. Dad used to take me to to um, events like they'd have like show field days and mm-hmm. and different you know agricultural shows. And so he'd take me along and he'd have a little stall and he'd be oh, there the talking stuff and I'd be there handing out things and talking to people. <laughs> going, oh, yeah. oh, this is all have right. Have you seen the new formula? <laughs> For the latest pig feed, it's yeah, bloody good. Yeah, try yeah. it, try it. I can imagine you selling that yeah, to people. Yeah, just whatever. I didn't even know oh, what I was selling. It was in your blood, lady. Yeah, it was in the blood. So, oh, yeah, man. that was in. But, pe- but people looked at me a bit strangely when I went to UniSA to the information session because I did a management degree, majored in marketing. And the guy afterwards went, gee, we don't get many school leavers coming to this. Wow. So, you know, it was really different sort of time. I mean, now there's so many different marketing degrees, digital marketing. It's completely you know, different. Social yeah. media marketing. Are there this- actually social media marketing courses at uni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a full degree, but digital marketing definitely. Yeah, yeah. So out. It's changed. It's so intense. Like we were just talking before about the whole social media, the algorithmic stuff and obviously me not not even knowing how to I've got a handle I don't know how that works but there's this it's a whole it's a whole minefield out there yeah for social media but you're kind of on top of that oh look it's 
it's not my area of specialty, but in, if you work in any area of marketing, you have to be across it yeah. as much as possible. And mm. I do keep myself updated. But if I need, say, for example, a Facebook campaign run, run you know, for me or a client, mm-hmm. I wouldn't run that myself. I'd just get somebody who specialises in Facebook advertising campaign. Yeah, makes you sense. You know, I can help with on-page SEO. Like we write a lot of blog content and help with website content. So I make sure that the content that we write is optimised mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's easily found by these terrible algorithms you mentioned. But that doesn't make me an SEO expert. So somebody shouldn't come to me for no, purely SEO. I'm not asking you about that ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer the top level and I can help you with your on-page optimization. Mm. But if you want to go off-page, it's the dark arts and that's not me. Wow. And I was reading an article the other day about a lot of these, I guess it's a different demographic, perhaps the old demographic demographic in certain businesses who they want a social media expert to also do SEO and be a graphic designer and they don't see that whole SEO, those things as separate entities or separate full-time jobs in themselves or separate skill sets. Well, I mean, it's really that old adage, isn't it? You know, you can be an, you know, what is it, a master of, what is it, how does that Um, say Yeah, a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's what it is because they're all very different yeah. and they require different, you know, levels of experience and knowledge. Yeah. So I'll just keep on the surface level. But our real core focus is more around content creation that helps businesses tell their story. Yes. And you're big on the story, which I love. Mm. It's all about brand storytelling. Yeah. Well, because we're all human. This is the thing. We're all people and whether you're B2B or B2C, you're actually all human to human. So, you know, it's about and what do people relate to? And yeah, relatability. Love, yeah, and one of the things my dad always used to say to me is, Amelia, people don't give a shit about your products and services. They care about the problem you'll help them solve. Mm-hmm. You know, and which is the same sort of things about benefits versus features, etc. But he's like just help people solve problems because that's all you want in life. All of us, we're just looking to get through and solve some fucking problems so we can keep on going. Do the thing you know how to do and help me. That's right, yeah. And the best way to tell that is around story. That's more interesting because people don't just want to listen to facts. They want to listen to the story behind something. I saw a a comedian at the Fringe. She's winking at me. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you can't see that. Listeners. I was going to edit that out because I realised you saw it too. But what I would say about this very famous comedian that we went and saw is what he lacked. I mean, he had all the knowledge, but he did not tell a story with mm. it. Like it was a lecture and perhaps that was the intent of what it was. But I don't. I think even if you were going to be a lecturer, you've got if there's a story behind it, it's going to be a lot more compelling. Mm. The content. So, did you well, agree with that? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we almost went. Oh my god, I'm going to leave. Yeah. And this was someone who was who was brilliant and very you know comedic, and obviously that's why we went and see, saw him. So yeah, but didn't help us. No. But th- that's the thing though, because he didn't put us in his story. His story was all about him. So self indulgent. Like it will. I mean, that's all right, maybe for a short period of time. But after it was. A full day oh my god it was I a was long dying day. <laughs> you remember you were starving <laughs> and the food took forever no, I don't want to hear any more of his story I just don't give a fuck about him anymore <laughs> I know but so, we'll that's what companies do companies will go there and go we've got this we've do this we do that we're you know we will do this but it's like no where's your client in that where's your potential customer what can what will they be able to do with you yeah that's What's right. the story that includes them? So, you know, there's that. Engagement. Yeah, but it's that comment around making sure that you put your customer at the centre of your story. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, my mm. gosh, I love how you're putting this in such a sensical way. <laughs> I'm really like thinking, yes, Amelia, great. I should be writing this down <laughs> for another time. Um, so I just wanted to just 
change topic slightly because I wanted to talk to you today about currently you are a what's the term for it right you, you're a wife of someone who is has a husband who is a mining engineer correct and yeah. he does a lot of fly in fly out and isn't there like a I'm a term? Fi- I'm a FIFO wife FIFO wife yeah. right mm-hmm. so going back to when uh your husband first started FIFOing yeah <laughs> oh, shit <laughs> never gonna get that how did you manage that and was it different to how you thought you would manage it or what you expected your lifestyle to be once it was going to be a, a sort of a long-term thing or, you know, in the yeah, years that it's going to Yeah, I, I feel it? like you probably can't prepare for – I think we like to think we can prepare for stuff, but really until you're actually in it, you know. True. I mean, that's like parenting. You think you've got an idea <laughs> and then you have children. I They're used to think I wanted television. twins. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Anyway, then I had one. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, and then I look at people with twins or more. And when they're in the stomach, like, come on, that looks scary. Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, the FIFO thing, it's not really cool, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, my husband is away a lot. Um, But we've lived remote regional too. So before we went FIFO, we were in Broken Hill for four years and then on the west coast of Tassie and Strawn for three years. And Broken Hill, I really love. People are like, what? Broken Hill? It's in the middle of the desert? But honestly, those four years were pretty fun. But my son was born there and, like, we left when he was four weeks old or something ridiculous because he was our first child and we didn't know that that would be hard. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Surprise. That's <laughs> what I mean. You really don't know what no. you don't know. But, um, yeah, and so we'd done that remote regional living. Broken Hill was really fun because we had no children so we could both do our own thing. And then we had three years on the west coast of Tassie and whilst I've made some incredible friends there that will be lifelong friends, I think the reason they'll be lifelong friends is because it was su- super hard. It was mm. r- really hard yards and so I needed that support network of women to survive. Like, And he was, that, he was coming home every night but he would also, I mean, mining industry is really long days so he would be gone before the baby woke up and home after I'd already put the baby to bed. Oh, so what's bloody yeah. use for him coming home? Oh. <laughs> Just go to that pub, would you? And then he wants to get in my space and it's oh. like, oh. Yeah, that, it's, that it's would tough. be the hard part. Do you still find that? Like when he does come home after you've, you've had your whole week, like I find that it's just normal in my week anyway. Like when I have a week, I've got stuff sorted, the weekend comes and I find the weekend the hardest because Kai's home and he's throwing everything out of kilter, right? So I imagine, I wonder if that's the same for you, but on an extreme level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Michael's been away and working and he works really long hours mm. and so it's very intensely focused on work and he, so he's away from the family. So his, his experience is missing the family unit and not being part of it and, and missing out on things like birthdays and first steps and, you know, all mm. sorts of, of moments and, and he's not there. So his need is to then come back home and really want to embrace the family unit and be part of it and be very intimate and affectionate, whereas I've had the opposite experience. I've had the whole week of trying to manage everything, you know, getting kids to school on time, dealing with a a toddler that screams and throws himself on the floor because he got the wrong spoon, you know, (laughs) and trying to manage a business and trying to keep a household running and do dinners and baths and, you know, whatever else. Oh, you're making me really anxious. I know, anxious. And then he comes (laughs) over and wants, you know, to to do it. Embrace it all, and I just want to go. Here's your fucking children. I need to like, just go for a jog. <laughs> Seen some me time. Thanks. I mean, I I love my kids. I really do, and and my husband. But we all do. It's it's the the experience that we have is quite polar. 
Yeah, I can imagine. And do you get any, do you have that guilt where when he's home and he's like, I want to hang out with you, you're like, just can everyone just leave me alone? Oh my God, yeah. I'm like, I just want to shut my bedroom door and like hide under the covers. But you know, he needs, he's like, I need you too. And that's so hard to. Okay, now I've got to give myself to you in some, you know, some form, but also retain a little bit for me. Otherwise, I'll go crazy. Yeah, I think it is. It's a, it's like, it's literally a, con- a constant guilt trip in mm. a way. And I, I've had to try and monitor and manage that because you just go insane. Of course. Um, living in guilt all the time. But uh, human nature, we just kind of, you know, we feel that, like we feel like, oh, we should feel this way or we should be doing this or, you know. And like I, I, was, I was just saying coming here tonight, you know, Rupert, who's my three-year-old, was like screaming, mummy, don't go, I don't want you to leave me, you know, and he's just going through at the moment I think a real cognizant awareness of the fact that dad goes away a lot. So we constantly have conversations about I don't yeah. want dad to be at work, I want dad to come home. Yeah. And so I'm I'm the constant. So then if I go, it really throws his balance out, Sure, you know, which I feel really guilty about but then also a bit pissed off about because it's like, Jesus, don't I, aren't I able to go and do one? Yeah. Do I get know, my turn to yeah, go and do something? Yeah, like, you know, I don't do stuff during the week very often. And so, well, welcome to here, lady. I know. I know. It's I'm a like, party I like, I'm bringing the, the wine. <laughs> it's a bottle of wine and the wah, party time. It's Tuesday night. We just don't have the chips because it's not great on the microphones. No. But, you know. Like, honestly, it is a constant. You're sort of like, who has to give? It's a constant give and take. I know. And everyone's feeling guilty in the whole situation. He's probably feeling bad because he's not there. But, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And he misses out. So then he's got that associated. And he knows it's tough for me, but he doesn't want to try and take on board too much of that feeling of guilt because then he has to leave, you know, like yeah. it's his job and it's not here. Mm. So every Monday rolls around and he's got to get out and go again. Yeah. You know, whether or not thing like, you know, if the children are sick and, Life's matter. It's just off. hell in a basket. He's gone. <laughs> I mean, you are a tough, <laughs> tough lady, but do you reckon it's given you a, a thicker skin having to manage everything like you're just stepping up to the plate even more so because you are there, you're there. Yeah, look, constant like you I suppose I, I think that the human capacity for dealing with shit is really great. Mm. I think <laughs> uh, it's incredible. You just get on with it. And and hindsight, you go, wow, that was that was tough. Mm. But in in the process of it, you just fucking do it. You just you just <laughs> got to get on with it, and because stuff happens, life just keeps on going. It's not like it waits. Uh, and I I think it's a lot, it, overthinking it's going to make that harder. Yes, so just getting on with it and just going through it. And it doesn't mean that there's not times where you know I might just need to cry or whatever mm, it is. Mm. Um, and I mentioned jogging, and literally, honestly, oh, it's a saviour. Yeah. Are you gonna? You're doing like this, okay? So you're forty next year. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty. Yeah, me too. Right. So you're doing this whole. I love it. It was so inspirational. Like when I bumped into you up uh, on the beach up in Middleton, and you're like, I'm like, who's that lady jogging in her pants? <laughs> of course, pants. Because why? <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't nude. <laughs> wasn't nude. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to be fit for 40. But, you know, I was like, yes, yeah. me too, as I'm eating some chips. But yes, <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. Is that, is that your plan? How's it going with the jogging? Yeah, good. I accidentally jogged 17Ks the other day. So Hang I on, it's shut up. up. Yeah, shut In the up. hills? 
Yes, <gasps> including Mount Lofty. I'm not really, oh it just, God, I was like, lady. well, I was jogging from my house and I jogged through the mountain bike park that's there, the Eagle yep. on the Hill mountain bike park, and I sort of jogged through and I was going, wow, there's a, quite a few bikes around today. Anyway, I come around this corner and there's a freaking race on or something. Oh, you got there caught was, there was hundreds of mountain bikes, oh. but I was kind of already halfway through, so I was like, oh, um, uh, well, I'll just keep jogging. Oh. And so then I jogged and I was like, well, I'm not going back because no. normally I'd go down and up and then go back that same way back home. And I was like, oh, I'll just go up the old freeway. I'll just, oh, I'll just yes. loop around. The old freeway devil's elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just loop around. And then I was like jogging along and I saw this sign. It was like, oh, Chinaman's Hut. And I was like, oh, that's supposed to be a good trail. I was like, oh, well, I'm out. I might as well just go and try that out. And then I was jogging along that. And then I, I saw a sign that said Mount Lofty Summit 1.5 Ks. And I thought, well, that's not very far. No. I better do that. But it was very steep, was and then, it? Yeah, yeah, it was real steep. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? I'm such a dick. Why am I doing this? And then I had to jog home. Oh, but then you felt amazing when you got home, right? Uh, my knees were really sore. <laughs> Actually, do you have sore knees? <laughs> I'm just wondering because when if it's complete silence, I should get this on the microphone, but when I squat, you hear this <laughs> crunch and I'm thinking it's, it's from picking up kids, right, Maybe. bending down or, yeah. or things off the ground constantly. I wear orthotics because if I don't, I have knee problems. Always? Have you worn orthotics? Mm, Have you? Yeah, since I was like 15 rowing, I had like this fat knee swelling. Oh, because you have to wear orthotics in the boat because I'm like such a dork. In your little reef shoes, like a little little slip on. Oh my God, I love it. So special. Were you in like the best best team ever for rowing, like in the first eight? The one that won? Yeah, some- yeah, yeah. We won a national championship they title. Warford Girls. They won. Yeah, we won an Australian championship title. Was mm-hmm. it Australian? Mm. What year was that? 97? 97, oh, yeah. Lady. See, I quit growing <laughs> like a couple of years before. I was like, uh, yeah, but I think I'm done. Because everyone was heaps taller and then they just went on. Yeah. And I was on the second one and I thought, oh, yeah. this is a lot of hard work. And then I just did tennis, which I was shit at, and got a bit fat. Tennis is fun, though. Yeah, I was like, was, it is fun if you're in the F team <laughs> and you're just literally playing Saturday sport and just hitting and having a having a laugh. The it wasn't biggest competitive. trophy I ever got was for tennis. Best mannered oh, personality. Shut up! So you did tennis as well. Best, best yeah, mannered. Listen ten- to this. Best mannered personality. It wasn't because I was good. I'm shocked because I rec- I could imagine you as like. A McEnroe? No, I'm not. No, no, I hand coordination. I'm not good. Not with ball oh, sports. No, that's so why you, I rode. Oh, that's why. Oh, so that's why they said you were good because you were crap at tennis. Yeah, so you were like, good. No, I was like in. I was in year four or something. So ten, oh, right? Little, little was, tennis. Yeah, but there was this girl who had real rage issues. Right? <laughs> she broke tennis rackets. I'm not joking. She, hang Would on. So you're like, she said you're like nine, if that. Yeah, no, we were nine or ten. Yeah, I think she was ten. So maybe we were year five. Anyway, and so literally nobody would play with her. And then they're like, Amelia, will you play with her? And I was like, sure, whatever. And I was busy. Didn't stop talking while we're playing. (laughs) She'd be like cracking it. And I'd just be going to the other team. Oh, she's a bit fiery. Maybe maybe that was around the time when tennis players were cracking it. She was trying to sort of model herself on a bit of, you know, McEnroe. So then I got this giant trophy. For being a good, just for being a fun, good Basically, person. I think for putting up with her, everyone was like oh, amazed. Well, that is amazing. <laughs> and I'm also glad you're not good at tennis because that would have been sad for me. <laughs> no, no. Tennis and netball is terrible at. I mean, I played them. Yeah. I'm a participator. Yeah, you do get in there because <laughs> you, 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 you do. It. You're always a participator. I love it. Like you've just done recently the uh, the sleep out, the Vinny mm, sleep out. How yeah. was that? 
cold. Yeah, because it's been freaking cold. <laughs> Although it wasn't as cold as a couple of years ago when I did it. That was my fourth time of doing it. And uh, so two years ago we were at the um, the parliament state state parliament house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parliament house. Is yeah. This what it's called? Is it? Yeah. Where the go- no the governor's house. Oh, next- oh, the other one next door. Across yeah, the road. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the governor's house and. Um, and like, Hang on, is that where you got to do the sleep out? Because that ain't no povo sleep out. No, I know. We were on the grass outside. <laughs> oh. We didn't get to sleep in the house. Oh, that would have been, not well. That would have been cool, but yeah. probably not really in the spirit of the CEO sleep out. But no, no it, was, it rained that night and it was so cold. I, I've never been as cold in my life. And so you get a couple of pieces of cardboard. My legs were cramping, like oh. lying on this cold cardboard. cardboard. I was like nearly in tears. I was so uncomfortable. And oh, I was like, holy hot. cow, I'm doing this for one night, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's these... Poor people, like just how horrific is it that we've got, you know, in Australia, I think it's something like 1,600, uh, 16,000 Australians are like sleep sleeping on the streets every night. And, you know, know. like there's this huge percentage of them that are women and children. It's like horrific. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so one night makes you think. I know, and it was horrible. And then you sleep in your bed the next night. Was there guilt associated with that going, I get to have this bed? Or were you just like, thank fuck, I have this bed? Um, no, look, I feel like, I, you know, I, 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 every year I commit to doing do. it and I raise money and I raise awareness. But I'm thankful. At least I'm re- like I really appreciate that I am incredibly privileged, mm. which will keep motivating me to do things to help others that aren't. So it's probably one thing I don't really feel guilty about. I mean, like, oh, that's good. There's, there's a heart. It's such a broad, complex, like, problem. And realistically, as a society as a whole, I think we could do a hell of a lot better about distributing income. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that I can control that. So it's probably not something I can feel guilty about individually. Well, you shouldn't. I was just, (laughs) just saying it for the sake of the show. I'm just testing. A bit of guilt there. Good. No. And moving on from that. No. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do that next year. I am going to do that. And I would also like my kids to spend a Christmas serving food somewhere in a homeless shelter. Yeah. I'm do that. They're not allowed to do it when they're young, unfortunately. When they're older, yeah, yeah, they have to be. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the age is, but. Um, yeah. I'm going to find out and do it. Yeah. Like, and it is good. Like, it ain't even volunteering in one of the Vinnie's shops or something like that. There's lots of ways that you can get involved. You can do help. stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I like it, Amelia. You're a good soul. <laughs> Just like that chicken soup. What was that book? Chicken soup stories for the soul. Do you remember that one? <laughs> there was this thing, I like and it. I used to cry. Like it was, I was maybe eighteen, and my mum had this chicken, <sighs> chicken soup for the soul. It was different stories about those, you know, serendipitous stories where people help people. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. there's a Mem Fox books that always makes me cry. It's like Possum Will- Magic. No. <laughs> William Gordon McDonald Partridge or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. And he lives next door to the is home. Is he a bald guy or no, something? No, no, he's an a old guy. kid. No, he's a little oh. kid, in it, but he goes next door to the home. Oh, and there I'm is, thinking of that. Yeah, and Nancy's his really good friend and she's lost her memory. So he goes around and collects memories and then helps oh, her remember these I'm, things. Right. And at the end it's like, you know, and he was just a small boy, you know, and he wasn't very old either or something. I don't know, but literally I cannot get through that book without crying. Really? Even now? So now when you read oh, it to your time. kids? Every time. I'm like, she wasn't wasn't even very big either (laughs) oh my god that's okay it's getting worse as i get older like i watched the greatest showman with my daughter the other day and i did have my period so that didn't help but i was literally like it started and i was like ugly cry face Mm. so okay going back to you know, starting up your own business, so an overall look at your lifestyle and how you have to manage the kids for a lot of the time. How was that, starting up your own business and doing that with kids and with not having your partner there all the time? How do you do that? It's amazing. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, again, I think that's probably one of those moments and you look back and go, wow, did I do that? That's crazy. You did, lady, uh, and you're I, doing it. But I had one child when I started the business and I would definitely say that's easier and he was at school. So I really, I think. Oh, my gosh, yes. But still, lady, still. Yeah, but that was that was definitely easier than now where I have two children and one of them is a toddler. Again, definitely one of those things that you just don't know what you don't know when you start business. Mm -hmm. But I think having grown up in my parents' business really did help. So, you know, I have, uh, unknowingly, I have a good degree of business literacy because yeah. I lived it. I mean, it was like another family member, the business. Uh, we used to spend weekends playing around in the manufacturing plant, you know, just stuff. I'm, I bet your kids come here, you know, like it's. Yeah, right. Yes, so they do. They're ex you're exposed to business in a way that you don't even realise, you know, because you're seeing it and you're, it's part of your life. So. I think that's fantastic, actually. And it's very, because I didn't grow up like that. I grew up with parents who worked for someone else. So that's all I knew. And that's how I thought it went. You know, you you went to uni, then you just begged people for a job and relied on anyone. It never occurred to me to be entrepreneurial or, yeah. you know, hey, you could do something yourself. So that's brilliant that you had that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and already. I didn't even really know that was entrepreneurial. No, like, that yeah. was just how it was. And Intrinsic. so obviously I started working for other people, but then then I had this idea that it would I'd had lots more flexibility if I worked for myself. Hallelujah. And, and I chuckle because I did have more flexibility. I can go and pick up the kids if I need to at certain times, but then it just means that I make up for that time at midnight. Well, whatever. So yeah, I have flexible working hours. <laughs> it just means my just days don't end. Ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and business doesn't turn off very well. Although I must admit, I am better at that now as well. So there's lots of things that you learn. Um, and it, it was a long, a long trek. And we've talked about this before as well. You know, there was a lot of period of time where I didn't really make much money. Mm. Um, I've had some funny years where I, uh, I did, there was a year there before Rupert where I did, I had a really great year and got I got some really big clients and some big work through. So that that was fun. But then I had Rupert and having my second child in there really did. That year was a very like a low income earning year. Mm. So that was a challenge. But also then uh, Rupert was born premature. So he was eight weeks prem. So he was only 1.7 kilos when he was born. Tiny peanut. And that was hugely stressful. Mm. So like, you know, because I was preparing, I was getting ready for the baby to come, but like I still had two months to go. So I was in the middle of rolling out some really big work um, with clients who luckily are so incredibly amazing and I'm still working for them now and we're just like, that's fine, Amelia, you, you know, just take the time that you need. Um, and literally, like, had spent a lot of money on the, we were rolling out internal values, a really big piece for them internally and had all of their staff involved. <laughs> and they're just like, that's fine. We'll just put it all on hold. Oh. So I was incredibly grateful for that, which is why I think I really advocate for working for good clients, yeah, getting good clients, working with good people, trying to fit your values, and then that makes the whole thing easier. Mm. But, yeah, no, having Rupert and then, of course, I, talking about guilt, you know, I was like, oh, was it because I was working so hard? Is it my fault that the baby's born Oh, my prim? goodness, the blame, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, on your body and your, oh. Yeah, like, you know, what did I do wrong? So that was and that was an issue, particularly when he's still in hospital and he's so small and he's got the feeding tubes and you're thinking. You're just holding your breath, let's get through this yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, and you can't really hold prem babies a lot. Like they're only supposed to be out of the, the cribs like once a day. And so there's this 
weird discord and then you leave your baby in the hospital every night and go home. So it was like, yeah, that's pretty shit really. Horrible. So lots of layers of guilt Mm. in and around all of that, you know, Um, and then I ended up getting shingles. Like so it manifested the guilt and everything. The stress was so big that I got shingles like and and this huge band around my stomach and I was trying to breastfeed but like, you know, didn't want the baby to get like get exposed. It's like a whole ball of. That was fun times. And then Michael went back to fly and fly out of work. So he he had to. (laughs) He had a month, but that was it, you know. Like, so he had a month, but Rupert was in hospital for five weeks. So Rupert was still in hospital when he had to go back to work. Yeah, we've got another child there. And then, then, yeah, and then we brought him home. He still had the feeding tube when we were allowed to bring him home. And yeah, and I I just had to do it because Michael was away. It's amazing, isn't it, what you do do Mm. when you just go into that, right, this is what I'm going to do just to survive and make it help everyone in my family survive. Yeah. Yep, you have no choice. Yeah. So, I mean, your question was originally about business. Sorry. I got way late. That's okay. Um, Because then then it took, like I think really it took a year after. Obviously my business kept sort of ticking over and I I had the, the clients that were there with me before. I had started backing it down a bit, but really I think it's, it took me maybe two years to really get back from that because we, you know, there was a period yeah. of time there that was really more focused on on Rupert. The business sort of ticked over a, a bit, and then in the last year, like I really feel like we, narrative marketing has hit yeah. its stride, and we're really growing at a great rate. Uh, we're sort of like uh, <laughs> too fast, too fast, too fast. Well, no. yeah, no, That's it's good. It's, it's a good, good problem to have, it but it's still that, you know. Hard to manage. Yeah, and you, it's always about resourcing and knowing where that, that counter tipping point is mm-hmm. because you don't want to over-resource too early and burn cash, but you also need to have the capacity to be able to deliver. Do you find along the way, in the beginning, when you're sort of just putting hours in and it's a little bit, it's ebbs, it ebb and flows, like you were saying, you don't make so much, so much money in that year, then a bit more then, and then it might take a uh, back seat because then you have a child did anyone sort of say oh look oh it's a lovely hobby that Amelia has there <laughs> working a day or two days a week and oh is she having fun you know just sort of you know working her brain a bit it must be a bit nice because I often have uh, felt <laughs> yeah look, obviously because um, it's creative as well. well yeah look and and really you know the money doesn't motivate me so this is this is a challenge in business because yeah, Kai's worried about that with me so um, I understand and because business should make money I like I do know that and and one of the best things I ever did was engage a bookkeeper and an accountant because mm-hmm. they are not my skills and I recognize that and so I got them on board because that <laughs> helps keep me accountable and you know they they look at my books so there's also a third party involved so yes. you know if there's not money there someone else knows and, and they're like what's going on here lady yeah and i don't even if they don't because they're professionals so they're not going to guilt trip me no like, they just um, tell you how it is but the, but just knowing that somebody else knows i think that's quite nice because it keeps sure. you like for me personally anyway i think oh but i don't want to have a bad month because mitch and ed might say like <laughs> how yeah. random is that sure no, no i know what you mean they're gonna judge you're me, pleasing but... them for their job like i've got to have work for you to do yeah but it's a, yeah it's a good motive <laughs> and i'm paying them so i want to make sure that there's something yeah. to pay them with that's right but no yeah definitely and I mean I so for me more it's like things like with my podcast for example you know people will quite often say but 
how do you make money from it? Mm -hmm. And I'll go, oh, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. So because Mm -hmm. my podcast doesn't, but then I say it's instead of spending money on marketing or advertising, I don't spend money on Facebook advertising. I don't spend money on SEO ads or, you know, Google advertising. I spend that, my marketing budget is through my podcast. Yeah. So, and for me, that was a very deliberate, that was from the very beginning. So I haven't gone and got sponsorship or outsourced, you know, that get it, tried to get advertising dollars from it because then I would lose that control over it sure so it's a very indirect marketing like because people go but you don't market your services in it like I might do a little ad at the beginning and saying oh do you need help with the podcast I'm here to help and now here's my podcast but that's that's it like literally it might be a 15 second thing but otherwise you could listen to my podcast and have nothing to do with narrative marketing Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine and the majority of listeners probably don't have anything to do with narrative marketing but the difference is that there are a few and it's enough for me. Mm-hmm. I have got business leads through and it's now that's coming to fruition because it's created a profile for me. It's branding, so, isn't it? So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. interviewing other people and telling their stories because Be The Drop is much more about other people's stories. Occasionally I'll share mine in there. But um, it's much more about other people's stories and knowledge that they can share because I'm very passionate about sharing knowledge mm-hmm. and learning lessons through other people and the sharing of stories. And so that's what it's all about. But in doing that, I have also created a profile as a storyteller. Yeah. You know, and like next Friday, I'm talking at a marketing conference on podcasting. <gasps> you know, is that in Adelaide? Yeah. It's oh. called Digital Adelaide 2019. Can I come to that? Yeah. I mean, I knew all about that. I'm coming. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm talking at that and, you know, there's uh, – I this earlier this year we got to create a podcast for Adelaide Fringe. Like, yeah, Which is like brilliant. amazing, yes. amazing. Like so I would n- Like never in my wildest dreams would I think I would be delivering marketing services for Adelaide Fringe. Yeah. You know, like I love the Fringe. I think it's an incredible South Australian institution like and, and celebration of arts and culture and it's creativity. Fun. And yeah. like so I got to – do some work for them. Like, whoa. And a lady. <laughs> whoop, whoop, like, that's it. I've succeeded. I'm done now. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, tick that box. Do you have a bucket list of stuff that you want to do in your career? Might that you haven't done yet. That you're like, oh, yeah, that's on my list. What's the list? Oh, I'd like to interview Andrew Denton. Oh, yes. <laughs> Without him interviewing you. Oh, I mean, I'd be nervous <laughs> as hell, but I'd still want to. Like, Maybe. he's an amazing, amazing interviewer. Isn't like, he? I, yeah, he's incredible. But he's very friendly and he's so passive. He seems very passive, but he's not though because what he does get out of his guests is, is pretty amazing. He's really intelligent, so I'd probably be a bit intimidated there. But, but okay. yeah, there's just so many different stories, you know, that I really want to hear and uncover. And so well, one of the things on my bucket list was to, you know, have some more creative freedom around some content creation but actually get some money for it. And so – I applied for a community broadcast foundation grant mm. working with um, Channel 44. Oh, yes. And so Good we got Channel funding 44. for an eight-part series that's going to be on Channel 44. So yes. it'll be on TV, a web series and podcast content. And we actually got funding to create this. And Brilliant. so the, it's um, going to create an eight-part series around um, transcending the gender narrative. So it's really, deep. yeah, I really want to go into the gender conversation but I want to try and – have it from a perspective that moves forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I think great work has been done with Me Too, but there's that element of alienation from, you know, th- from males' perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to bring, you know, we need to focus on these 
incredible kick-ass women and what they're doing in success stories but also bring along and talk about the men that are supporting it and Mm -hmm. then but then go beyond a gender conversation because I'm kind of I'm really over that conversation I really want it to be about people sure and the people's successes yeah Anyway, that's the yeah, idea. So we'll see how that all comes together. Oh, that's exciting. You know, I was on Channel 44 a long time ago. Oh, good. But I was pregnant and, like, I looked like a blueberry on the oh. camera, like huge and round. And I was interviewing people. But about things like cars and the oh. latest car show. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Barry, for, you know, and I just, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was good fun Yeah, back in the day. But yeah. I'm glad that you – doing something meaningful <laughs> well I hope so I mean now I'm I'm nervous now because I, I mean no. I do these things and I go yes I'm want to achieve this and this and this and, and then you go holy shit now oh wow it. and other people believe in me that I can do it and um so now we're gonna do it well done it's it, like I'm nervous but also very excited and really passionate about as I say this storytelling and well yeah. if you need a voiceover us if you don't want to do it <laughs> oh I can you know say Sally started off in a small venture and now she's that would be good i can do it in that voice just like that well because but my long-term goal (laughs) that i really the content that i really want to get to but i don't feel prepared enough for yet is to look at the narrative between white and black australia so Mm. indigenous and non-indigenous australians and i i really want that to be not so polarized and Mm. i want to figure out how i can be part of a narrative as a non-indigenous australian but how can I be part? Because I love our Indigenous culture and our Indigenous history. And, you know, is there a way that I can celebrate that as an Australian, as, as our What does history? that look like? And, and what is that and how do I have that com- conversation with sensitivity? Yeah. You know, and respect. Yeah. So that's... that's it's hard to navigate that. Yeah, a lot it's, of people it's, don't really, know. it's really hard. And, and I don't know that there's necessarily a right or wrong way. I think there's a journey we need to go on together and a narrative we need to create. Sure. You know, and so for me, an ultimate goal, if you're talking about ultimate goals, would be part of... And it could, you know, it's not... It, that's never going to be my narrative. Uh, mm. But, you know, if I could assist in some way in in that narrative, you know, I mean, people like Noel Pearson to mm-hmm. me are massive. I mean, he's like, su- such a brilliant, inspirational person. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine if I could speak to somebody like him. I don't know. I'd probably, <laughs> I think I might not be able to go. <laughs> you would. You'd be totally fine. You know, you can just have a wine. You'll be all right, lady. Mm. Would you do a TED Talk ever? That'd be fun. Yeah, well, they do the TEDx like in yeah. the states and um, like in the capital city. So they do one here in Adelaide. It's just the timing's never been right. So I can oh, see you yeah, up there with one that. of those little clicky things oh, like to, with a PowerPoint that goes behind you, and you. I'd have you to get. Talk and I'd have to get the story you. right. What I really should do, and I've been thinking about for so long, is I really need to compete in the slam poetry competition. <laughs> what? Hang on. What? What? Like a sideline of what we're talking about? No, this is exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Sorry, go on. Yes. No, like legit. That, yeah, they have the heats coming up in August, and I was like, "Geez, Amelia, just pull your finger out and do it already." What would you? What would you? Have you written any slam poetry? Oh, I've got a few, like kicking around. <laughs> okay, no, but they're not ready. I haven't. Uh, Can like... you give us a sample of anything? Come on, how oh. does it go? Do I need to do this? P.S. Or is that a rap? Do, That's different. Do, or is that do. what happens? Well, no, you're not allowed to. Ha- you can create the own. You couldn't have a backing track. No. So slam poetry, you've got two minutes. You freestyle it. So, yeah, if you wanted to rap it, you can. And, and it has got a bit of a rap history to it, slam poetry. Is it like Eminem? Like in the no, movie? it's 
Well, it, no, because it's more spoken word. So right. the the Beat mu- Nikki poetry. Yeah, yeah, okay, you can got do it. Got it. Got you it. can like some people do have a bit of music, but the best, the ones that I love the most, don't. They're the just, words. They're, it's just their wordsmith. Mm. You know, they've cut it down to these words, but also they use pause. <laughs> and like you know, honestly, <laughs> to they, make it yeah, like you know, example. and they just really get. Like, it's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you do this, I'm coming. Oh. Sit in the front row. Yeah. Go, Amelia. Well, like, I did have one flowing around about Rupert. You right. Know, Come on, Bram then. And Come on. Oh, I can't remember it, though. Just the, lady. the only bit I can remember is my baby, my baby, my baby. But that's it. Like, oh. it was all this, like, you know, so the concept is it's, like, you know, 32 weeks I've been working on that, my pelvic floor, you know, so hard. And I and can't then, do it no more. <laughs> I can't do it no It doesn't need to rhyme. Oh, sorry, oh everything God. in my head rhymes. Sorry. I'm ruining it. <laughs> and then, like, you know, something, like I, I really need to do some words for on it, but it's around, like, you know, and then I wet my pants and I'm so fucking mad because, like, what the hell I've been working on. And now I'm still floor. sad. <laughs> it ain't rad to wet your pants. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't glad. I'm just know. sad. All right, so I feel like there's a challenge here and you're going to do some weird rap thing and no. Kai should come as well. Oh, my God, let's go to a heat. I think I should not because I will make – I'll be there trying to do a rap and it's not a rap. It can you be know, though. But I feel like no. I think it would be just, I would – I could not do it seriously. No matter – even if it was serious, I would just have this dumb <laughs> smile on my face going on. And that voice, what is that voice? Can't even talk in my normal voice when I rap. Anyway. Baby, yeah. Baby, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the podcast. I'm saying it fast. You want to get on this thing? Oh, yo, it won't last. Okay, it's te- I mean, Rup- I'm editing that Rupert out. Rupert and I like do like slam poetry most nights when I get him ready in his pyjamas and his napping. He just gives me a few <laughs> lines and then we – and we're like, you know, he's like, where are we going? We're going, we're chasing the dinosaur. Okay, and the dinosaur, I do sing this, though, you know, the dinosaur goes raw, 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 like yeah, whatever happens. Yeah, it's how it starts, like, it's brilliant, good practice. Yeah. Have you heard Kai doing beatboxing? It's the worst thing you've ever heard. No. He can't keep the rhythm. He's like, yeah. puh, 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 jubba, jubba, where we, where, we've puh, lost puh, it, puh, the plot. Yeah. No, this is the point of the losing of the plot. <laughs> Same poetry. You're into everything. I know. It's crazy. This is a problem. Shiny new thing syndrome. I know. And having these all these ideas too, I find I have a lot of ideas and I go, no, just keep a lid on it. Don't because you've got enough going on. That's just, you know, maybe that's a good thing though. It's better to have ideas than yeah, no ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like lots of things that get you excited. I mean, I get really excited about all these things. You are <laughs> super excited. I thought you once were on drugs. And I saw- <laughs> Multiple <laughs> In people. the best way. They're like, are you on drugs or drug? How much alcohol have you had? Mm, none. <laughs> I'm drunk on life. <laughs> That's going to be my poem. Okay. <laughs> Challenge. It would be so good. Drunk on life. You are my wife. Mm, mm, I'm in strife. <laughs> Okay, I need to stop doing that. I don't think that should oh my be God, involved. Lady. Anyway, do you want to do a little G-spot with me, a little oh, guilty what? spot? Oh, right, okay. Oh, my yeah, God. I was like, oh, where are we going? I know, you have only had one glass of wine. This is where I ask you a couple of questions. Okay, good. It's the G-spot. So, I love how I've written them out, so I have to read them. You're very motivated in general. Oh, it's true, right? <laughs> Thank you. Do you ever just want to give it all up and do nothing some weeks? Mm. Have you ever just gone... Screw this. I just want to be a mum to my kids and then, oh, God, it would be a bit of a relief to just not do it all. No. Oh, um, look, I did say I really love my children, but I I, I couldn't not work. 
So no. Right. No. Wow. I never want to give it all up. But sometimes even when it's super tough, you're still like, no, 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 I wouldn't want to do that. No, yeah, because then like also I feel like there's a sense of purpose, you know, because I believe that storytelling can create a better world. Mm-hmm. So it's like I mean that's You're giving back. It's, yeah. it sounds wanky. No, I'm it's, sorry, I'm not like it's not a Cadbury's ad or something. But no. like, <laughs> like <laughs> no, I, I legit want to feel part of something bigger. I don't know. It's it's it, like it's building the blood or whatever. You don't want to be, just be lost in the yeah. And the and crowd. I also want to inspire that in my children. So like I want to lead by example. So I think for me, uh, you know, obviously I really want to be present. And when I'm with them, well, I have Monday mum days, and I'm very pretty strict now about not doing anything other than mum stuff on a Monday. <gasps> That's hard to do. I need to take a chip off your block because I find that quite hard to. Yeah. I've gotten better do at that, it. Mm. and and like. And the more people I tell about Monday mum mum days, the more accountable I feel. Okay. And yep. then the more it happens. Putting it out there. And it's, yeah. And so, you know, and particularly as Rupert's coming into three and like really needing a bit more of my interaction and time as he, you know, all this cognitive stuff's happening. Like when he was, you know, 12 months, 18 months, it's quite easy because he could go to sleep and so mm-hmm. I'd have these periods of time. Yeah. No more. So, you know, I, I need to be present for those times. And so I, I read a book called The One Thing, um, which was recommended to me by a, another marketing person that I met. And it's talking about the fact this this whole fallacy of multitasking is a load of bullshit. And realistically, we can counterbalance. So at one time, we can do one thing. And we focus on that one thing and focus really well. And I, I think that's a mm. it's a really important lesson in this connected digital time because, I mean, you watch the TV and you've got Netflix going uh, and you've got your phone going or yeah. if you happen to watch, you know, the other television that's got ads. I mean, I don't even know what you call that these free days. Free to air. Free to air. <laughs> I don't watch that free to air. You know, if the ads come on, your phone's up. But, yeah. you know, you literally, you're moving between devices, or, you know, um, you're at, out at a meal with friends and somebody wants to know the answer to something so they pick up their phone and they're Googling it right oh, then. Man. And they're, so, super you know, like so there's, there's so many ways where, we're just like distracted and across lots of things and so you know and I actually think that that negatively has a really bad impact on our health and well-being yeah but if you can take that time and so I proactively try not to and to focus on one one thing Thing at a time and really trying to do that so like when I go jogging I don't take my dog you know like I literally I'm just like no no this is me this is my one thing and it literally is about and you know Michael my husband's really good about just going yeah you should just go for a jog and and have be with you have have your thing because like it's like when I get hangry and it's like, you know, it's not a good thing. But <laughs> <laughs> Give me some hot dogs. So go for a jog. You've yeah. loosened it. Uh, but, yeah, so um, no, I would, no, I've never really been guilty of, of um, wanting to give it all up. Wow. Yeah. No. That's good. And You've got the balance. One other thing I would say as well is the, the way that I maintain that is that I consciously and purposefully have an attitude where every morning I get up and choose my approach to the day and I choose to be positive. I choose to see, you know, the motivation and the inspiration in that day, every day. And it's like any any skill that you practice, if you consciously do that, you Mm -hmm. consciously think about the choice that I make every day when I get out of bed and ha- and to be positive and mm. to spring out of bed and, like, you know, in the morning if you see me, I'll be like, good morning. And it's like because today we're like, Give me a, a coffee, Amelia, day. seriously. Yeah, and, but, like, I literally I pick up that attitude, I put it on 
and I wear it for the day. Well, it's a habit, isn't it? You create good habits, like you yeah. say. Yeah. And then and, and then it just becomes easier. And then like shit will happen, and it's not as it's bad. Or shit will happen, and it will be pretty bad, or whatever. But you, you know, the next day you choose again. Every wow. every day you've got that choice. It's very inspiring, Amelia. I I don't think it was my original idea. I think I read it somewhere else. But it doesn't but matter. It's you, what I you're do. practicing it. Yeah. So I like it. I'm going to try that tomorrow. I, I, I just wake up going, I want to go back to sleep and I want a coffee. I think that's the first thing I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, particularly on the weekends when Michael's home, I'll be like, hey, ain't getting up. Yeah, yeah. See those children take about. Yeah. I'm going to read my book. <laughs> why, do you, and why are you speaking like that? <laughs> you suddenly turn into this African-American person. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. No, don't worry. I do when I, I rap. It's terrible. It's not, it's not good. It's a compliment. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. Get up uh, and be positive about how you're going to see your day. There's no point. Well, what's no point in getting up and feeling negative about it? You're just going to re- no. Re- well, then you're definitely, back to you. you're definitely yeah, going to have a shit day. Yeah, that's right. Of yeah. course you are. Yeah. Definitely. Mm, good one. Well, I just want to test you on that one to see if, uh, you know, maybe you were like, yes, I just want to give it up and be something simple like a, well, no, it's not simple, a dentist, but something just sort of reoccurring every day that doesn't have its pitfalls <laughs> of creativity. Simple, a dentist. Okay, okay not I a dentist. I feel like they study for like seven okay, years. Okay, not the studying part. Okay, not simple. I know. <laughs> Okay, take it back. Take away the word simple. And also, they have to get in people's mouths. Which is foul, P.S. I don't know how. If you're a dentist, how do you do it? Oh. So tomorrow needs a dentist on here. So someone anyway, who sorry. has that the job, right, Yeah, yeah. that is repetitive and, it, yeah. you know, I'm sure it's quite interesting. You might do a crown or a you know root canal every now and then, but it's generally, you know, you're not having to come up with great exciting ways yeah. to, you know, be I'm creative. Not, yeah. No, but also well, maybe you are being being st- being at home all the time with my kids. I think would uh, like I don't know that it would, would be good drive for any- you mad. Yeah, I don't think it'd be good for any of us. No. Nobody's going to win in that scenario. Wow. I'm, I don't think I'd get up every day being ah, it's a great day. I'd be like, oh, oh here we go, the same thing again. Don't don't know. That's why I'm finding school holidays. My kids have been sick. Like mm. one after the other, so I've just been inside stir crazy. Yeah, winter's tough. Yeah, super tough. So when Kai came home, I went, "See ya, tag team. I'm out of here." <laughs> He's like, "Have you had a wine?" I'm like, "Maybe. We'll, we'll find out." Okay, good. Okay, moving on to the next question. Okay, so you do a lot of online videos, don't you? Yes. Are they on YouTube as well as yes. Facebook? Okay, both. Right. Bit of both. Do you secretly love watching yourself? Now? <laughs> no. Oh. You just say yes so oh bad. Oh my god, listening and watching myself is terrible. Really? Yeah, I mean that's why I've got Chris. He edits it, yeah. and like even today, I just had to do. It was a video for someone else, and we just needed a little call to action at the end. Like it was literally, I don't know, ten seconds, and I was like, oh god, okay, I'll listen to myself. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm over it now. That's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're terrible at judging ourselves and listening to ourselves. But there is some sort of study or something that apparently our voice sounds like weird. Different in our own heads. Yeah, yeah. I, like because I hear it back and I go, oh, my God, do I sound like that? <laughs> I'm, see, I'm used to it now, obviously, because yeah, well, that's what thing. I do. Yeah, right, or I'd be in trouble. But I know exactly what you mean. In the beginning you're kind of like, hmm, do people have to listen to that because they should never talk to me again? <laughs> it's kind of wrong. But, yeah, but yeah, okay. Because no, like, you look like you're enjoying it. Like you're loving it, which in a great way. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, but yeah, because I, I, do, I do like it, you know, it's, it's fun and yeah, but not not watching it. You don't need to be seeing it. I don't just, have to watch it back. No. Nah. 
what about billboard? Have you ever want to be on a billboard for like now? Can you imagine that? Be the drop or narrative marketing? Oh days? yeah. Hey, look, I, I've got no problem with wanting to see myself <laughs> plastered everywhere, right? Like, I mean, this is that's a different thing because I mean, I just know it was there. I, it's not like I'd have to actually watch it or look at it. But I, you know, if somebody else goes to me, oh, I saw you on that billboard, and I'd be like, yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> like, yeah, look, I mean, come on, I'm human. What did I hear the other day? Someone said, oh, they suddenly became famous and they could choose where they wanted to put this particular billboard and they put it at the end of their ex-boyfriend's street ah, like their horrible so ex-boyfriend that's so, <laughs> so they'd have to see them every yeah. week yeah. every day yeah no so cool. i mean that's that's cool but i think i don't need to actually see it but knowing it was there that would be fun It'd be enough They'd yeah i mean fun. like this with the tv thing i'm, I'm gonna be on tv you are right I mean, so yeah so that's funny <laughs> Lady, you know what? How crazy is this with the Instagram? They're selling those, you know, those halo light things that makes you filter and oh, look really yeah. amazing. Mm, they do, though. What the hell is that thing? I feel like I might need one. I'm, oh, I'm I just a, want one. I'm just a sucker regu- for these marketing stuff. I feel like I just want one in my regular life, like I'm walking around yes. with it. Like, I know. I actually literally I see because I use a filter. Of, yes. I, so I quite often think, oh, gosh, I just need it. Constantly, can I just get one Instead of those of Botox? Can we get you know thing that have, pops out? Like the Snapchat filters, I think, are the best. Oh, they're cool, aren't mm. they? They're cool. No, but they're, and they're, I just think they're really quite um, like flattering. They do. They give you instant facelift. All right, and here's a good one. Have you ever shoplifted, Amelia Veal? <laughs> you said you mentioned something about this in your I email. I did, and I was like, oh, I'm so lame. Are you lame? I'm lame. The answer is no. But so it was okay. like, I was not like, guilty oh, on so many accounts right not now. Not guilty. So boring. But I tell you what, I do love. So I'm not sure if this really counts. I was talk- I was talking to Chris about this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, I can't I can't say no. I've never stolen anything. That's so boring. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna make something up. But so then I was like, oh, but you know, whenever I go to conferences or something, <laughs> I really love a free like the oh bag. Oh my god, the bag is amazing. I know. So no I, matter what's in I, it, right? I will always try and get nab a second one. <laughs> so is that like? Is, I was like, I said to Chris, is that stealing? Because like technically they're free, but. I don't think I'm it's supposed to. Kind of to take lame, two. like you said, lame stealing, but um, but not even. <laughs> I, I mean, like it excites me. I feel very guilty. You doing do it. doing it, yeah. I'm all like, I feel like it's so bad. Oh, <sighs> but what about when you were a kid? Um, no lifesavers. No, like no. I feel. I think because I'm, I'm really. You were like, living on the land. There was nothing to steal. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like I think I would be the worst thief ever because like everything I do is pretty much like amplified out there right yes and so I'm super unsubtle like, I don't yeah, you'd really be the worst thief. I don't really go anywhere and people got not notice and go oh yeah oh was she that chick that was in the background it's like oh that one Amelia yeah she yeah. was that one that was there doing whatever it is that I happen to have done like being in an extra in a film in Broken Hill with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although actually that was a hard one to pick me because I was like right on the top. Nicole Kidman stole the scene. <laughs> Damn her. <sighs> Who would have thought? I love that one. Anyway. Yeah, but I do. I love it. I say to people, oh, yes, I was in a movie with Nicole Kidman. Which movie was that again? Oh, Strangerland. I don't know that no, anyone but- other than the people I made could, to go and watch it <laughs> watched it. <laughs> And really, actually, I don't. I don't recommend watching it. I was also in Last Cab to Darwin. That one was a good movie, and I would oh. recommend to see that. Was that as well when you were in Broken Hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Angus is in that one too. We, oh, we kind of so just walked good. past the shop window very, very briefly. But that's exciting. I know. 
There How cool is that? Because I remember you going, I thought, wow, Amelia can make stuff happen wherever she lands, her feet. But the funniest thing was like I was working, um, you know, in Adelaide. I was at, We were actually living in, in in the hills at the time and I went into my, to my boss and said, oh, look, uh, I have to resign. I'm, I'm going to work on a movie with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me and went, if anyone else said that, I, I would just think they were pulling my leg. But she's like, you're serious, aren't you? I'm like, yes, dead set. And I can't believe I get to say that. <laughs> Sorry, I quit. I'm going to work with Nicole Kidman. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Not that Nicole, not that you, not that Nicole not you knows that because I was, I was and... doing casting and, yeah, she didn't see me. But, hey, look. Hey, it doesn't matter. No. You were there. People don't need to she know did, the details. She, she did gate crash a photo with us. We were having a group oh, she's photo. So annoying. God, she's so annoying. She, she, we we're having a group photo there with the kids that we'd casted and and uh, she came rushing out of her trailer and said, oh, oh can I get in your photo? And we were like, well, you like, no, because your face is like alabaster. It's making me look not so great. Can you get your face out of here? Yeah, she did look good even even in the – it was raggy and so she was, yeah, anyway. Yeah, like it was, a, it was broken hill and we were all covered in dirt and everything, oh including her, but she still looked good. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we were like, yes, you can get in our photo. We could. And because oh, this was with kids, with teenage kids because we were casting – a bunch of kids for it and like honestly some the local kids from broken hill and nicole kidman came in and crashed yeah, our photo it's cool like <laughs> it was a moment nobody could believe it actually happened and then like because it was one of the kids mum was taking the photo <laughs> you know like, it was literally the most surreal insane moment and then so he he his mum was like oh can i get a photo of them so like you know she, she, yeah he got a photo with her as well oh that's nice. honestly well, she's lovely then isn't she yeah it was oh it was amazing and it was cool that like, because she really made those kids' day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Was there a buffet there? Did you get to eat yeah. at the buffet? Oh, yeah. the buffet. I think that's the it only reason good. I do anything on TV yeah. is to get it's the buffet. Super good. And oh, we spent God. heaps of time just waiting around eating buffet. I know, right? Oh, they must spend a lot of money on cake. They do. And it's way too much waste, I reckon, but seriously. Mm. Do you, have you met anyone else famous? When you're younger? Because I often, like, sometimes I'll lie awake at night if I can't sleep. Things are weird things. Like, racking up the number number of famous people that have met in my oh, life. Not, not like that they were, you know, just serendipitously you yeah, kind well, of I meet went, them I went to, randomly. I went to Faster Past <laughs> some years ago. I was a teenager, like maybe 19 or something at the time. And my family's massive crows um, family. Oh, my God. Is this a Modra story? No. that. Oh, no, but I, I'd had lunch with Modra. Oh, that's a different story. Oh, well, see, there you go. <laughs> You've had lunch with Modra. I want to get him here on thing. here. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> if, can you do that? You no, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You had lunch with Tony Modra, well, the Crows football player, circa 1999, <laughs> back to back. Yeah, that's true. But that was just last year. I won it. Like, what? <laughs> I've never won anything. What did you win? What did you win? So you hang on. Backtrack. Hang on, First of all, why were they selling a lunch with Modra? Like, it's, isn't he a bit of a, like, you know, 15 years ago, 20-year-old guy? Oh, no. Modra is a legend. He, yeah, okay. I mean, he just turned 50, but he's a legend. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so you he, won a lunch. Why? What was this competition? <laughs> but I love it. I want to know. Uh, so Thomas Farms. Um, sponsor yep. the Crows and at every game they have a guess the crowd competition and so at every game last year I was there on my phone tweeting away my guess for the crowd and right. so my family were like ribbing me and just going Amelia such an idiot you're always doing weird social media stuff blah 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 yeah anyway at the end of the season I get this email saying congratulations you're one of our winners and <gasps> so for every home game there was a winner 
I don't know what round I won. I didn't really care at that point. They're like, yeah, so you've won a day out with Tony Modra and Kim Costa, who was also, yeah, like really good player as well. <laughs> and um, and then we'll take you to the Thomas Farms home, oh, like out um, just near you there. and those two. No, 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 no. So plus, oh so a winner God. for each. Um, oh, thank God, because that would have been weird. And then so Michael got to come as well, oh, so you got God. to bring someone. It wasn't just like having a no. lunch affair. <laughs> no, but it was like, so there was probably about 20 of us. Oh, okay, so thank it was, you. It was good. And like, yeah, so we got the bus up there, drinks on the bus, and then amazing food and drinks when we were there. Was Tom, what had is a bit um, of a kick of the footy. Did you, what does Modder look like these days? Go oh, Google him. You know, he looks pretty much like Mods. Does he? A little bit older. A little bit of a, a, little bit of wrinkle. A bit of a wrinkle, tan wrinkle in the here, corner. A little bit there. Oh. Yeah, but it's still the same. Yeah. Yeah, because doesn't he, isn't he like a farmer now or something? Didn't he go? Yeah, so him and Kim um, work in milk, like the Flurio milk, I think it's the yeah, that's company. Right. Don't quote me, but they definitely have something to do with milk. Milk. Mook. From the, milk. Mook. Mook. <laughs> milk from milk. the Flurio. Yeah. I'm fairly sure it's Flurio milk. Anyway, um. and they're heavily involved. I think he's a... a a shareholder or part owner okay. or something. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on details. But, but he does something like that. They, they work in milk. Agricultural. But anyway, I, I love that. Yeah, but it. that wasn't my faster pasta story. Oh, sorry. That sorry. got way late. Let's, let's end with the faster pasta story. I want to hear this faster oh, right. pasta story. Go. So I was 19. Walking in. There was a cabanara. Yeah. No, we walk, I walked in with a group of girls. <laughs> 7.95. And um, we, up to, we walked past the bar to get to our table because they were seating us. And there was a guy at the bar. And I was like, shit, I really recognise that person. Oh, I hate this when this happens. So I was just like, oh, g'day. How you going? He's like, yeah, good, good. How you going? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's been this. Just chat a little bit, you know, did that. Anyway, oh, my, my friends are going, oh, I'll catch you later. And we go and sit back down and one of the other girl goes, oh, my gosh, do you know Mark Rusciuto? And I was like. <laughs> It's like, oh no, no, I don't. I just thought I recognised him. I couldn't remember who he was. So he was really friendly and chatted, and uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know. Him. Didn't realise. I did that with one of the red hot chili peppers oh, at the hotel at that Hilton is good. after a school formal. And when I look at the photo, braces like a bridesmaid's hairstyle, <laughs> curly, you know, not oh, terrible. This is so good. And I had a and. They came up to us and were like, hi. And I'm like, hi, you know, with braces and this terrible, terrible petrol green outfit. Nice. Never forget it. But, um, yeah, and I'm like, oh, who were they? And my friend's like, that's a petrol chili puppies. I was oh, like, oh, my God. But so then good. I got excited. But even though I didn't know, no. you know, yeah. it was all the other, like the drummers and the guitarists, which is still pretty amazing. Yeah. But who was I to be meeting them? Jesus. I don't know, but you got a photo. Got a photo. Is got my one? eyes closed with the oh. braces out, though. <laughs> I'm going to post that's that a, photo. That's what you should include it. It's <laughs> so good. Oh my god, Amelia! Thank you so much for coming on the guilt trip. Thank you for having me. Um, can you tell me if people want to get in touch with you, like oh, narrative yeah. marketing? Give me all your social media. Oh yeah. So narrativemarketing.com.au is my website. Yeah. On Facebook, I'm at narrative marketing. I, I like don't play by the rules, even though I'm a marketer. Because on Instagram, I'm at b underscore the underscore drop, and I'm the same for Twitter for that. So I'm be, be the, drop. the drop. Be the drop. There's underscores in there because some other person got be the drop, but don't even use it. Whatever. Get off Instagram. <laughs> Get off there. So I have to have the Stop underscore it. b underscore oh, the annoying. underscore drop. Yeah, listen to Amelia's podcast. There's so many good stories and oh, some yeah. brilliant information. I'm on, on there all the uh, podcast apps. Find she, me wherever you listen to your podcast. She knows how to do that. I don't. <laughs> For all the two people yeah. that are listening, like our neighbours. Hi, shout out, Adam. <laughs> he, he listens. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, mm. thanks, lady. It's good fun. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>